river meets a river, river meets a valley, valley meets a rain, live on in the valley. Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. My name is Jason Sacco and I'm your host. As a 35 plus year spondy, I'm looking to use this show to bring the spondy community closer. I'll give my lifelong battle with AS to you. That includes triumphs, tragedies, and lessons. So sit back, enjoy, and know you are not alone. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. I hope everybody has been just having a fantastic week. It's always exciting when I get to bring a new episode out, and this one really, I think, is going to be real helpful for some folks. But first, before we get to this week's episode, let's take care of a couple of housekeeping things. I need your help, everybody that listens. I really want to see the both Instagram page. If you go to Instagram slash AS underscore podcast, I'll have a link in the show notes. I need you to go there, like the page if you're on Instagram, as well as go to spondypodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter. Really love seeing those numbers grow, and I want to see them keep ratcheting up, keep growing, so that I can stay in touch with everybody. So on to this week's show. I see a lot of questions across the different Facebook forums from people that are fairly new to being diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, maybe in the last few years. Maybe they've moved, they have not been real diligent about going to a rheumatologist, thought, oh, I'll treat it naturally, and just haven't built that rapport up that some people have after dealing with the rheumatologist for, oh, you know, 10 plus years. So I came across this article and I thought it would really be helpful, and it's titled Ankylosing Spondylitis Doctor Discussion Guide, What You're Forgetting to Ask Your Doctor. And I really thought it covered a lot of good bases. I know what it's like. You get in there. You maybe get a little nervous dealing with the doctor, dealing with the staff. It's old hat for them. They, they deal with this stuff every day. We see them maybe two or three times a year. So it goes back to making sure that you are your best advocate. That's a theme I try to put through this whole podcast show is that the best advocate for treating your disease is going to be you making sure that you give all the proper information to the doctor. And with that said, I wanted to go through the eight things that this article discussed. Now, they make a really good opening, and they say, A diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis may leave you feeling overwhelmed and concerned about the future. AS is a chronic or long-term form of arthritis that causes inflammation, stiffness, and pain in the joints of your spine, and really the joints of your body. Your doctor will go over AS treatment options with you, but they may not address everything you need to know to help you manage your condition. And then they go on to these eight different things. And I really thought they were good included in this when you go down to the show notes, there is a form that they have in the article that you can print and take to the doctor's appointment with you, and I'll have a link to that so you can go ahead and, and pull it up as a PDF form, print it off, and take it to the doctor if you'd like. Number one, what can I do to manage my AS at home? Well, there's so many ways that you can look at your house to make it work better for you, and it's important that you know what your limitations are so that you can best address those. You know, maybe it's something like vacuuming. Maybe instead of the vacuum you have, you need to look at a lighter vacuum, maybe even a robotic vacuum, or vacuuming just sections of the home at a time. Instead of doing the whole house, maybe do a couple bedrooms or a living room, take a break, you know, whatever needs to be done. But there's different things you can look at if it's vacuuming causes issues. You know, maybe it's ironing. Maybe you need to sit down while you iron. I haven't ironed anything in Gosh knows how long. So that one's kind of out the window. I don't even know if I own an iron. I don't think I do. Grocery shop online or enlist the help of grocery store clerks to bag and load your groceries. This is a pretty 
easy one as we move forward. It's been getting easier and easier with the COVID issues. Now, again, this is really more applicable to the United States. I unfortunately don't know how this works in other countries, but in the United States, you can go right online, order your groceries from some of the major retail chains, and then you pull up, you call them, text them, whichever it is, and they bring your groceries right out, put them in your car, and all you got to do is take them into the house. If you want to go into the store, that's fine. Maybe it's time to use a cart and ride around the store. Don't worry about what other people might think or the looks you might get. You can't be worried about that. You've got to worry about what works best for you. I've used carts before. You know, as many of you know, I have issues with walking long distances. Lately, though, I've been using a a regular grocery cart and leaning on it so that I do get some use and exercise of my legs. So it's whatever works best for you. You know, have somebody help you load the groceries in your car. And I invested, I'll have a link in it in the show notes, in this cart that I use to, you know, pull my groceries in the house. I don't carry them bag by bag. I can't do that. So I put them all in the cart, wheel the cart in, and then unload from there. Maybe you have issues with loading and unloading the dishwasher. Well, maybe you need to load it while you're seated. Bring a chair out into the kitchen and load the dishwasher that way. Maybe you need to empty it while you're sitting down. You know, that's certainly an option. Again, bring a chair out, and it could be where you work with your partner, if you have one, where they put the dishes up in the cupboards if you empty it and load it. You know, you can figure it out, whatever works best for you. And then there are different tools that you can use. And in the show notes, I'll have a link to both kind of a grippy arm thing. That's a real technical term that I use to put stuff up high, not heavy stuff. It can't hold heavy stuff, but there are certain things if I need to reach it up high, as well as the thing I use to put on socks. And it's, I think, like $10, $11, something like that, that's easily orderable off of Amazon. So those are just little tools that you can help and little ideas to help you around your house. Again, you have to do what's best for you. I found that I can't dust in one, you know, just one whole thing through the whole house. So I dust room by room and I pick a room to dust each day. So I know I'm going to do that one room, probably going to vacuum it too. And then I'm done for the day with that. And I'll do another one tomorrow. And then finally around the house, make sure you're practicing good posture. Make sure that you are sitting up straight when possible, laying down flat as much as you can or as easy as you can. So those are just things. Make sure you have maybe cushions behind your back sit in high back chairs at dinner. All of those things can help to contribute to your back not um, hunching over. Don't slouch when at all possible. Number two, should I quit smoking? The answer is yes. You definitely should quit smoking. If you smoke, you should quit. Research has shown that smoking increases inflammation in your body. So if you're smoking, you're going to have flares and things of that nature or the potential to increase flares, I should say. And it also increases your risk of cancer, heart disease, and stroke. It's more difficult to manage multiple chronic conditions. So if you smoke, quit. It's a you know habit that I know for people can be hard to break. I watched my father not be able to break the habit, but use it, all your options that are available to you. For many people at their jobs, if you're still working, look at your employee benefits. There are companies that offer smoking cessation programs, pay for them, pay for some of them. So check into whatever options are available. I know anybody that smokes does not like to be told to quit smoking, but if you smoke, quit. It's one of the best things you can do for your life. 
So, and then lastly, ask your doctor about any smoking cessation programs that he or she may have access to. Number three, is there an AS diet? Well, kinda is probably the best answer. I've looked at the no sugar, no grain diet. I had Vinnie Tortorich, the developer of it, on way back on episode three, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. There are some key things that you want to look at, namely cut out processed foods. Any type of processed food is going to be terrible for you, whether you have AS or not. If you can push to eliminate those, that's fantastic. There are some things like the autoimmune protocol diet, I think, something of that nature, and a few other things, whether it be Mediterranean diet, keto diet. The thing is, with ankylosing spondylitis, we all react to things differently. So with that said, what works for one person may not work as well, if at all, for another. But there are some baseline things that you can consider. Have plenty of produce. Doesn't mean you got to be a vegan or vegetarian or anything like that, but have plenty of produce, especially vegetables high in calcium, to help with preventing osteoporosis. You want high fiber foods, so that can be part of the vegetables you eat. You want lean protein. So, you know, if you're into hunting, a lot of wild game is very lean. If you're not, look for very lean cuts in the store of meat or the cuts you get cut a lot of the fat off of them if you can. As minimal marbling to some of the meats that you eat as possible. Look at fish, especially fatty fish like salmon. That's a very good thing to add in. If you can have that a couple times a month, that only works to better yourself because of the omega acids and things of like that that you find in the fatty fishes. Nuts. If you're not allergic to peanuts or tree nuts or anything like that, look at adding in some of the nuts. I believe it's the raw or the nut, the better. So if you, like salted peanuts would not be a good thing, but raw almonds would. Some very limited whole grains. This is one thing the article says is talking about whole grains, and I really don't agree with them on that. I would say that have them as a limited amount of in your diet as possible. And the other thing that the article talks about, which I found really interesting as I read some of their research, is dairy. I don't eat a lot of dairy, but I had heard that, well, I do eat. I do eat cheese. I like cheese. I had heard that dairy itself was an automatic inflammatory issue. But what they say in the article is that dairy falls in the middle of the inflammatory spectrum. Research indicates it may cause inflammation in people allergic to milk. However, it may have anti-inflammatory benefits in people without a milk allergy. So what is it? I guess if you don't have a milk allergy, dairy in moderation is probably not a bad thing. So again, ask your doctor if dairy is a good choice for you. And if you're overweight, ask your doctor for a referral to a nutritionist who might be able to help you come up with a healthy eating plan. Number four, what are the best exercises for AS? Well, I would say the best exercises are the ones that you can do. We know regular exercise is critical to managing AS. If you're sedentary or constantly sitting on the couch, that is not good. It allows joints to stiffen and increases your overall level of pain. The type of exercise you do is important, though. You've got to do what I say is, again, do what your body will let you do. Avoid any high-impact exercise if it hurts you. There are some people that run marathons that have ankylosing spondylitis. If it's not affecting your joints and you can do it, do it in moderation. I know I said, I say I think they run triathlons, but still, that's a lot of running to do. Do what your doctor tells you is best. Some of the key things to do are things like swimming, yoga. I had the two gentlemen from Yoga for AS on, Jamie and Jeff. 
and I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes. They're great. Their yogas, they both have ankylosing spondylitis, and their yoga is designed around helping you to stay mobile and active. I'd encourage you to go to their yoga for AS, follow them, and get active. Pilates, gentle walking, and gentle stretching. There are people on, I've, I've looked at their pages on Instagram that show different stretching exercises that they do, and they have ankylosing spondylitis. So there are a variety of options that are available to us. We're all at different levels. The stretching or Pilates or things like that is not anything that I can do based upon how far I am along the fusion uh, spectrum. But if you are newer to AS, you're newly diagnosed, you don't have a lot of um, fusion and things of that nature, and, and you're just really getting going, along with a good dietary you know, work up and understanding what you're, you should be eating, exercise, and the medication could keep you from ever developing AS to any real bad, you know, overall condition. So, you know, you are in control. You've got to be the best one to tackle it. Number five, where can I get AS support? AS support is everywhere. It's more available now than it's ever been. Now with the internet, you can reach out from anywhere and hear from people around the world as to how, what they're doing to help combat their ankylosing spondylitis. So for local you know, help, you might have a physical therapist. In these are all in addition to your regular primary care physician. You might have a physical therapist, maybe a nutritionist if you're really looking to lose a lot of weight or some weight. Maybe you have a therapist, a mental health professional that can work with you to make sure you don't fall into any type of depression or any anything. You know, it's always good to talk. Maybe it's marriage counseling if you're having issues with a partner or a spouse. So just get as much support as you can and don't hesitate to reach out to the different forums and, and ask people for help, answer questions, things of that nature. Number six, does AS cause complications? Boy, can it cause complications. On top of the mental issues, whether it be marriage issues, uh, dating issues, divorce issues, there's the physical issues that we deal with. And we know that inflammation can cause all sorts of complications. And they can be inflammation in the spine, which we know is going to happen with ankylosing spondylitis, but it can affect other parts of your body too. can affect your eyes, can make it difficult to breathe might be fractures as bones and, and joints weaken. And it could be heart problems from increased inflammation if it's not addressed and you're not taking care of it properly with medications to keep the inflammation down. So not everyone that has AS will develop some or all of these or any of these complications really. So ask your doctor, make sure you're keeping an eye on yourself and talk with your doctor about any red flags that may be coming up, things that you need to be concerned about so that you can best address them. It might be exercise, medication, or diet, or some combination of all of those that will help you address whatever you're concerned about. Number seven, what research is being done on ankylosing spondylitis? There's a lot. I did a episode a while back with Dr. Fox from the University of Michigan, and we briefly touched on some of the research being done in the field of spondylarthritis in general and ankylosing spondylitis. And, you know, researchers, there's three genes that researchers have identified that contribute towards ankylosing spondylitis, and there's more coming as they, as they learn more about this. 
So they know that to understand it, researchers are seeking to better understand the following. The inflammatory and immune responses of ankylosing spondylitis, how environmental factors impact AS, if there's new therapies can slow or stop spinal fusion, and if the gut microbiome plays a role in the development or progression of AS. Again, talk to your doctor if you want to see about getting involved in any type of uh, AS research. Your doctor may know of studies that are going on that they can put you in to get uh, involved with. The other thing you can look at is the ankylosing spondylitis websites that are specific to each country. In this case, in the United States, the Spondylitis Association of America has a section that they put up that contains research studies that are taking place. Head over to the show notes. I'll have a link to a study that's trying to be conducted on your gut and food and everything that takes place, and they're looking for people to sign up for that. They want to study how it affects ankylosing spondylitis patients. Finally, number eight, what is my outlook? That's really hard to say because that's entirely dependent upon what you do as your best advocate. In general, for newly diagnosed people with ankylosing spondylitis, the outlook can be fairly good. You know, there are new medications available. There are new medications coming, and who knows what the future will hold. And if you are diligent about diet, exercise, and medication, you may have little to no ankylosing spondylitis issues compared to somebody like myself who had no medication available for the first, say, 20 years of ankylosing spondylitis, the first 15 years, let's say. So if you're newly diagnosed, make sure, as, as this whole episode has been about, is to be your best advocate. I can't stress that enough. You have more control over the progression of this condition than you might think, and it's up to you to communicate regularly with your doctor, i.e., to be your best advocate. And then, once the doctor and you have come up with a plan of attack, to follow it. If they tell you to try something, try it. If they bring up a biologic to you, I would encourage you to try it. I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, I don't want to deal with biologics. I don't want to take one. I'm scared of them. You know what? Try it. If you have a bad reaction, some people are going to have very bad reactions. That's just part of medication, but that's not standard across the board. So you might have sight injection, rashes, bumps. Uh, when you put the medication in you, it creates a welt on your leg a little bit, at least on mine, where the medication is, is it sits there till it absorbs in your system. So there's little things like that that are just normal. But if you have anything that's abnormal, those are where you want to contact your doctor. If you're really afraid of the biologic shot, a lot of them are shot forms. If that concerns you, Talk with your doctor about taking the first few shots in their office so that you have the full medical staff there that can help you with administering the shot, watching to see if there's any site injection reaction spots, any type of allergic reaction, you know, anything. So with that said, ultimately the bottom line is that you are your best advocate. Nobody else is going to fight as hard for you as you are. So don't let fear of the unknown and learning how to manage your symptoms scare you and let you think, oh, I'm going to act like a turtle. If I, just, if I just ignore ankylosing spondylitis, it'll go away. It won't. Once you have the diagnosis, develop the plan of attack and go after it. And again, with that said, jot down your questions, jot down the notes the doctor says to you so that you have a way to refer back to them so it's not just based upon your memory. 
and go in there and start to develop the plan of attack that's going to work best for you. Thank you again so much for listening. I can't thank everybody enough. I love hearing all the messages I get from folks. Please keep them up. I respond to them as best I can. I think I've responded to everybody. So thank you again. Head over to spondypodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter. And if you'd like to support this show, go to the show notes. There's a link in there to, to buymeacoffee.com backslash AS podcast. And you can support the show that way by making a small one-time or ongoing donation. It doesn't have to be small. It can be whatever amount you want. So again, thank you. You all take care and you have a wonderful week.